So it is a very personal decision. So I want you to keep that in mind because I have a friend who had her first baby this year and she was like, I don't know, I love my business. I just don't, I don't think I could stop working. Like I feel like I'm going to want to just jump back into work like right after having my baby. And I was like, okay, all right, if you say so. <laughs> and and sure enough, she had her baby and she was like, actually, maybe not. And she, I think, I'm pretty sure she took four or five months off before diving back into her business because she realized that she just wanted to spend more time with him. Welcome to the Raising Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Yael Bendahan, founder of CEO Mom Academy, Mama 5, and lifelong reading addict. This podcast is here to empower moms to run their businesses and lives like the powerhouse CEO they are. I want you to believe that you can have the business success you desire and be present with your family and to give you my best tips and strategies for how to make that happen. I'll be sharing the honest reality of balancing motherhood and business, business models that work for you, marketing with simplicity, and the mindset of CEO mom. Now, let's dive in. And I've actually been thinking about doing this episode for a while now since I actually got pregnant. And I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want people to be like asking me if I was pregnant. I don't like to talk about, I don't like to talk about my pregnancy before my first trimester is over. And, and I wanted to wait till I announced it. And I just didn't want to like start raising the question and start like opening up the conversation. So this is what you're getting. This podcast episode is what you're getting. And so my goal for you with this podcast episode is to walk away with a plan to prep your business for a baby. This is like just a, an overview. And obviously I'm going to be talking about a lot more about this in the next 20 weeks, I'm going to be about 20 weeks when this podcast episode goes live. But this can honestly work even if you're planning for a baby and you're not pregnant yet and you just want to build your business to be as baby-proof as possible to prepare for the possibility of getting pregnant, which is what happened to me. So I found out I was pregnant. I was very surprised. I was like, oh my God. I knew I wanted to get pregnant, but it wasn't like a right now thing. And this is just good to have in your pocket to start getting ready for now. I like I said, I was thinking about doing this podcast episode before I announced my pregnancy, like right towards the beginning of my pregnancy. And then someone a while, a little while after I found out I was pregnant, asked this in a Facebook group. And she was like, I just found out I'm pregnant. I'm going to be I'm six weeks pregnant now. And, you know, what don't I know? What do I do? What do I prepare? I just don't know what to do. And this person was not a an inexperienced business owner. She was an experienced business owner, but this was her going to be her first baby. And so it is a very different thing, I will say. There's a few categories you can fall into when you have you have a business and a baby. So there's the category of this is you have an established business, but this is your first baby. The second category is you have an established business and this is not your first baby. It's like one of your it's your maybe your first baby as a business owner, but it's not your first baby altogether, okay? And your second one is maybe you have a business that's earlier on maybe in the first one to three years of business and now you're having your first baby or maybe your first baby after becoming a business owner. And I really do believe, and I will die on this hill, okay? I really do believe that it is a very different thing to have a have an established business. And even if you're having your first baby and you're becoming a mother, which is, as we know, as moms, it is a seismic shift in literally everything. There's like it, you can't even compare not being a mom to being a mom, right? Pre, before parenting, after parenting, everything changes. Everything. And but I fully believe this. And your life will change so much. And your priorities will shift so much. And your mindset is going to shift so much, right? So that is a huge change, whether you have resources, whether you have an established business or not. 
That being said, if you already have a seven-figure business and then you have your first baby and you're like, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to become a seven-figure mom. I, I take that with a bit of a grain of salt because it's like you already had your business established before you had the baby. So now you, you had the resources to set things up in a way that people maybe who are early on in business would not be able to. I'm not saying people don't know their stuff, but I will take it with a grain of salt because I'm like, what if you already had seven figures in revenue before having a baby, you could hire an OBM to literally like create all of your, you know, marketing funnels and stuff. So you can completely just check out of your business for a few months. You could hire a virtual assistant or a personal assistant for the day to day. You can hire a nanny. You can hire meals to be made for you. There's so many things you can buy and and hire and 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 enlist support when you have the resources. Now, if you don't necessarily have all of those resources, maybe you have some, maybe you don't have all of them. It's different. It's a different, it's a different situation. And I want this to be from the point of view of maybe you have an established business. You're not starting from scratch here. You're not like, oh, I found it, I'm pregnant and I want to start a business. Although that does sometimes happen. Very often women I know will decide to quit their job or they want to quit their job after maternity leave because they don't want to go back to work after having their baby, whether it's their first one or not. But I, th I really think that it's important to at least try to set up your business in a way that it can be sustained even with little children, with a new baby, and if possible, give you a decent amount of time to recover from your birth. Because even a regular, normal, wonderful birth like I've had altogether, I've had longer ones and shorter ones and harder ones and easier ones, but altogether, I do love the birth process and I will, you know, everyone thinks I'm crazy. Not everyone, but a lot of people think I'm crazy, but I also, I just love it. I love pregnancy. I love birth. I love my new little babies. It's just so much fun. And so even if all that goes perfectly well, your body still goes through a, a physical trauma and you need to have time to recover. So I want you to be able to have that time to recover and I want you to set your business up for that. And like I said, I'll be talking about this a lot more throughout the next 20 weeks or so and maybe even after I have the baby. I don't know. But I was just talking about this with my sister today. So my youngest sister, Sarah, she is, she's 10 years younger than me and she is having her first baby. She's due a week after me, okay? It is, it's so funny because like we're going through the same stages almost, but she's going through it like for the first time and I'm going through it for the sixth time. And it's just very cute. And we were having a conversation today about her business and she's just in a place of, I don't know which decisions to make because I'm not really sure how I'm going to feel after having this baby. So what can I set up knowing that things might change? And so maybe I'll bring her in for a little coaching session or maybe just like a, here's the plan I mapped out for her. I literally gave her an 11 minute voice note. Take notes because I'm cleaning my office right now. I don't have time to write this all down, but just take notes because here are all the things I would think about if I were you. This is what I want to just put out there. If you are having a baby, if you want to have a baby, you're planning on having a child in the next year or two, you want to set up your business as best as possible for, for baby proofing. This is, what I, this is my, original, my original angle in my business was baby proof your business. So let's talk about how to do that. So first thing, okay, first thing. If this is your first baby or your first baby as a business owner, this is going to be an entirely new world for you. And so I would prepare as much as you can for the unexpected. So if everything stays the same, okay, so to speak. So if it stays the same and everything is going well in your business, you want your business to continue the way it is, you like your offer suite, then even if so, you may want to get back to the business after a couple of weeks. You may not want to even look at your business for six months, okay? So it is a very personal decision. So I want you to keep that in mind because I have a friend who had her first baby this year and she 
was like, I don't know. I love my business. I just don't, I don't think I could stop working. Like, I feel like I'm going to want to just jump back into work, like right after having my baby. And I was like, okay, all right, if you say so. <laughs> and, and sure enough, she had her baby and she was like, actually, maybe not. And she, I think, I'm pretty sure she took four or five months off before diving back into her business because she realized that she just wanted to spend more time with him. And she just, has she had the resources, she had the team, she had the things set up in order to do that. So it was great. And I was like, fantastic. This is your thing. This is your thing. And it was, it was just like, I, I almost, I didn't want to laugh, but I, I laughed because I, because I knew that she, I didn't know. And she didn't know what that would feel like for her. It did, she didn't know what it would feel like for her afterwards. You don't know what it's going to feel like. Even if you've had a baby before, you might feel like you want to burn the business down. Like I did. I, I, I stopped my, all my service work, basically. I closed down the entire service-based side of my business. You might never want to sell a certain program again. Or maybe you just hate doing coaching calls or whatever. And I will share how I personally felt after having my, my daughter. But very often, not very often, you are going to be an entirely different person after you have your baby. Which sometimes might push you more into leaning more into your business and optimizing your existing business, or you might want to change things altogether. So you want to build in as much flexibility and options and leverage as you possibly can, because worse comes to worse. If you want to get back into business, that's totally fine. If you don't, then you have all the, you have other options. You have pathways for sales, or maybe you have other sources of streams of income or whatever that is. Okay. When to start prepping for a baby. So ideally is when you're trying to get pregnant in the first place. Okay. So ideally you want to try before you even find out that you're pregnant and those, see those two lines on the test. Pretty good is when you find out that you're pregnant and minimum viable is you're going to your third trimester and panicking. And I'm, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of plans. I've actually done VIP days with people where I've literally helped them build out their maternity leave plans and, and literally like how to baby proof their business. That's been like one thing I focused on in my intensives on my VIP days. This is what I want you to do. And this I'm going to give you like in order, here are the steps that I would take and what you want to think about. So let's say you find out you're pregnant. Okay. So ideally you can do this before, but let's say you didn't, you find out you're pregnant and you find out at a normal time. So that's around your four or five weeks pregnant, basically, right? You're officially four or five weeks into your pregnancy when you find out. First of all, I want you to expect to have an energy dip for the first 12 to 14 weeks and plan accordingly. Okay, first trimester fatigue is real, even if you manage to avoid morning sickness, which I know some people who have. I have not, <laughs> but I hope you do. But you will be so tired. You will be so tired. And the reason why you'll be so tired is because you are literally building a placenta from scratch and it is going to completely exhaust your body. So I, as a night owl, I was passing out on my bed at 7, 8 p.m. Like I would put my daughter to bed and I would just lie down on top of my bed and just be asleep. And that was it for the night, like fully dressed. And that, that was not normal for me because I was a night owl, right? So I felt, I'm like, this is so weird. And I realized that normally I would be like, okay, I didn't get this done during the day. So I'll just get it done later this evening after the kids go to bed. That was no longer an option for me. <laughs> being aware of that and being aware of, you're going to have to take that into consideration. You might want to add naps to your daily schedule, or you might want to just realize again, that you may have been able to work through the night or work deep you know, into the night but you won't be able to do that necessarily, at least in your first trimester. Second trimester, it depends. Second trimester, it's really, it's, it depends on the pregnancy. It depends on how old you are. It depends what number pregnancy it is. Yeah. The first thing you want to do, all right, when you are 
when you are trying to prep your business for a baby is number one is figure out how much time you want to take off. And I would give yourself more time. I would say optimize for at least three to four months. Like just let's say just assume like you want to take off four months. Let's say. Okay. Because you might want to take off two weeks. You might want to take off a month. You might want to take off the full four. You might want to take off six. But I would just say like between the longest you think you'd ever want to take off and the shortest, find some sort of happy medium. And the next thing you need to know is exactly how much you need per month. And that's going to be a combination of whatever covers your business expenses. You might want to think about also if you maybe if you don't have a full-time virtual assistant or a full-time online business manager, you might want to hire that in at some point during your pregnancy in order to do that. And that's what I'm going to be doing during this pregnancy, please God. So you might want to like add that to your business expenses, like recognizing that having that team is going to take so much off your plate as you go into your your last trimester and also postpartum. So it's your business expenses plus whatever it is that you need to take home. That's how much you need per month. Okay. So that's your first thing. All right. Now I know, let's say I'm going to make this very simple. I want to take four months off. I need 10K a month. Great. So I need to be bringing in 40K extra in the months leading up to my pregnancy. And maybe let's say 50K because as you get back into things, you might want to just have some cushion, okay? So let's say you want to bring in 50K extra during your um, pregnancy to put into your maternity leave fund. And honestly, depending on depending on what your the country that you live in and what maternity leave looks like for you. So in Israel, where I live, you if, you have, if you're taking home a salary, which I do, I have a whole... Oh, it is so complicated being a dual citizen here. But I have an American business. And so my business has a payroll. Like I pay myself through a payroll company. And that payroll company does it like through the Israeli through the Israeli system. So I'm getting all my taxes. I'm paying all my taxes. I'm doing everything the right way. So I'm in the Israeli system as having a job. And so I'm getting my salary. So we get, if you're taking off, let's say three months. So you will get whatever the equivalent of that is in the three months prior. So let's say you've been bringing in 5K a month as a salary. So you will get, that's gross because you have, you know, there's always stuff taken off of it. So you will get your gross salary, like the your gross salary average for the, for the three months beforehand. So one of the things I was thinking about was like, ooh, what if I take out extra money? If I raise my salary in the last three months before my pregnancy, then I'll be getting more during maternity leave. So that is, so that's what we get. It really depends on, on the country that you live in and what is set up for you maternity leave wise. So let's just say you don't have that cushion in place. You don't necessarily have that in place. So just something to think about. What are you going to do? What are you going to put aside to save in order to give yourself that cushion and that space? So the second thing you're going to want to do is audit your offers. All right. And if you look at all of your offers, you're going to notice that there are probably one or two that are bringing you in the most money. And Depending on what what kind of business you have, it could this could be a course, this could be a coaching program, this could be maybe one to one coaching, this could be a service that you do. Maybe it's you have VIP days. When I looked when I looked at my 2023 income, I saw that CEO Mom Academy CMA, which was my which was my signature offer, which makes sense. That brought in the majority of my money. If you guys know the Pareto principle. Banana. If, the, if you've ever heard of the Pareto Principle, which is the 80-20 rule, so there's probably 20% of your offers that are bringing in the 80% of your income. Not Maybe not exactly, but basically. There's probably going to be one or two that really bring in the, the, the bulk of your income. Now, if those offers are custom things, right? So let's say you do custom launch. You have a launch agency and you do custom launches or you do copywriting or you do social media management, whatever that is. And you, you are doing a lot of custom proposals and you're doing a lot of back and forth and a lot of 
a lot of you involved in the process of bringing on and onboarding new clients. So I would ask if you can productize your service. Okay, so if you are you if you are primarily a service based business, can you productize your services as best as possible? What does Sorry, and the more, sorry, going back, when you productize your offers, they can become much more scalable. So what does scalable mean? What exactly is a scalable offer? So a pro- is number one, it is productized, okay? So you can market and sell it simply. Eventually, you wouldn't even need a sales call because it is basically a product in the, in the form of a service, okay? Meaning a productized service would be a sales page, for a launch. That is a productized service. It is a one deliverable. You have the same process every single time and they receive the same thing every single time. They receive a sales page. A systemized. Okay, so you can have a repeatable process again and again and you can start outsourcing the pieces that you don't want to do. So you might have your virtual assistant do all the follow-up with the client, maybe do the maybe do interviews for you from the ideal client, the your client's ideal clients or maybe you can have a system where you can change your, I know like my friend, she's a sales copywriter. She would always interview a bunch of ideal clients for any particular offer before she'd write the sales page. So maybe instead of doing a sales call, not a sales call, like an interview, like a Zoom interview, which you have to schedule into your time, which could take energy, which you may not have energy for. Maybe you set something up like video ask, which is where you can ask questions with a video and they can reply back to you with a video. And that way you can get the same information. It's not going to give you the exact same um, response as if you're having a conversation, but it will, it will save you a considerable amount of time. And honestly, it's just easier for people to be able to do it on their own time as well teachable. All right. So is it something that's teachable? When I say teachable, what I mean is I'm not saying you need to turn it into a course, but you want it to be teachable enough that you maybe could turn it into a course or you can teach it to someone and help them have them take over part of it. Okay. So when I say like teachable, it's can you hire um, a copy assistant to teach them your process. They can do a lot of the process and you, maybe they'll write the, the outline for the copy, for the sales page copy, and you can look it over and do quality control and, 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 and sprinkle in your magic. Is this something that's teachable, either to outsource or so you could potentially turn it into a self-study or leveraged offer? And can it create big transformation without long hours? Which means, can you create a big transformation with this offer without having to take ages and ages and customizing every single little bit of it? Now, I'm not saying custom stuff does not have its place. So let's say if you're someone's building a website, you're going to have a customized website. But you can start a customized website with a template and which will save you the trouble of building it from scratch over and over again. And it will still look beautiful and custom once the project is over. So those are things you want to think about when you're thinking about how to make your offer more scalable, especially if you have a service. All right. Maybe you want to, you have a service and you want to move more into consulting and do less hands-on work to do more of the consulting, the strategy and hire people to do the actual work. I have a client who in 2023, she decided to move more into um, SEO strategy and hire contractors to actually create the SEO optimized content. So that is a really good move. And very often, once you productize your services, you can charge more and or take on more clients without a lot more work. So if you need four clients a month to hit your income goals and you want to take three months off or four months off, ideally you could take out an extra client or two and put that money into savings so you can take that time off, all right? And if you do consulting and you're okay doing consulting because you get on the call, you map it out, you give them the report afterwards, and then you don't have to do any work afterwards, you might be okay taking less time off because you like doing the consulting and you don't mind hopping back in eight weeks after having a baby and doing a consulting call. I did this. I did a VIP day, and I will say that was very hard to do. So I would not recommend trying to block off full days to work with clients because 
let's be honest, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen unless you have a full-time nanny. And even then, if you're breastfeeding, it's, you're going to have to keep stopping. And it's just a lot of stress. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So if you do consulting, maybe figure out how to do some sort of asynchronous consulting. So using something like Voxer or Telegram, having shorter live calls and more in-between support, right? There's a lot of things you can do to optimize your offers for flexibility, all right? Flexibility is going to be the name of the game after having a baby because the one thing you need your schedule to be is flexible, okay? So if you already have a signature framework, and I actually have my signature framework challenge coming up in the next, in in a couple, few weeks, and I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. If you already have a signature framework, this might be a good time to think about launching a DIY course out of it. Now, this will only work if you actually have an audience to sell it to. If you've been building a completely service-based business and your audience is very small, then you might want to consider having, maybe taking some time to grow your audience before trying to launch something. That's very important. If you have a signature framework already, it might be a good time to launch a DIY course. If you don't already have a signature framework, you you need one because the, when you have the framework, you will be able to productize that much more simply. All right. And I, so I highly recommend, I highly recommend building a signature framework and you will actually have the opportunity to join my challenge in just a few weeks and we will help you build that out together. If your signature offer just doesn't really look like it's going to help you hit your income goals and you want to create a premium offer anywhere from two to 10 K and beyond that will actually jive with your mom life. Look no further than my high ticket matrix for moms. I will walk you through my 10 favorite high-ticket offers for busy mom business owners. Plus, you can fill out my matrix worksheet to figure out which offer is perfect for you, your audience size, and even the amount of childcare you have available. Go to yaelbendahan.com slash high-ticket to dive into the matrix and discover your perfect premium offer. And don't forget to tag me on Instagram with your results. I'd love to chat about your offer in the DMs. All right, now back to the show. Okay, so... If you have a more course-based or leveraged business, right? So let's say you already have a group program or a signature course that you've launched many times before. If you're going to do a live launch during your pregnancy, I would highly recommend trying to make it happen during your second trimester as that is generally when you're going to be at your most magnetic and energetic. Third trimester, especially if you're going into your third trimester in the summer, which I will be, yay, you can just start getting really tired, all right? whether it's your first baby or not. If it's not your first baby, even more so because you have other kids to take care of at the same time. If you're going to do a live launch, second trimester is probably the best time to do it. I just find that I am just at my best during my second trimester. This is my favorite part ever. I'm feeling better. I'm not nauseous anymore. I can feel the baby moving, so I feel a lot better about life because I can verify that it's still there. I don't know why I always get so nervous about this during my first trimester. Like if I'm not nauseous for five minutes, I'm like, shoot, is it still there? What happened? And and I just, I really... (laughs) It's, it feels silly, but I, my favorite thing is to feel my baby moving if you're going to do it during your second trimester. And I would definitely recommend trying to set up as much monthly recurring revenue as possible or MRR. This does not stand for master resale rights, which it does in other places. For my, when I say MRR, monthly recurring revenue. So payment plans are your friend. Okay. So I would, yes, it's very fun to have a big infusion of cash, but don't complain about payment plans. I love payment plans because they just feel so nice just coming into your account on a daily basis. Just like, oop, boom payment and it will be able to sustain you also through your through your maternity leave as well. All right, your next thing is to figure out your MVPs, right? Most what are your most valuable sort of processes that need to happen when you are off? What still needs to be happening while you're off and who will do those things? All right? So, for example, if you have a podcast, 
you probably need to be the one running the podcast. Like you cannot just outsource delivering the podcast to other people because people want to hear you. But you can batch podcaster episodes ahead of time. You can batch interviews ahead of time. Maybe you can batch interviews with people who have affiliate offers that you can affiliate for and make some money that way. Are you going to batch or repurpose content for consistent visibility? When I had my daughter Eliana in 2020, I did not have a podcast at the time, but I did have a lot of content that I built up throughout my pregnancy. And so what I basically did was take my content documents and I just chose, I'm like, okay, this week we're going to talk about this week we'll talk about that, this week we'll talk about that. I went in, I, I, I updated them based on if I had mentioned that I was pregnant, I would change it to I have a baby. But basically, I just gave it to my VA Grace. I'm like, here you go. Oh, let's maybe we'll sell something this week. Here's the link to it. Here's all the content that sells it. Go have fun. And she would just schedule it out on my, in my Facebook group. She would schedule it out on my Facebook profile. And it was really great. So I highly recommend building up a bank of content as best as you can before you have your baby, whether that's going to be batched podcast episodes or batched Facebook Lives or YouTube videos or whatever it is you choose to do so that you can still show up even when you're not actually showing up and you're lying there in a breastfeeding coma after waking up five times in the middle of the night and and not getting more than like an hour at a time of sleep. I'm kidding. That does not always happen, but it can happen sometimes. You want to, you almost plan for the worst case scenario here, all right? The next thing you want to think about is to set someone up to take over sales conversations post-baby or as much of them as possible. So let's say if you have people who are inquiring about your offers in the DMs, having someone to take that over for you so that you don't have to be in your DMs having the conversations. But obviously be very open about it. Be like, hi, let your, whoever you're hiring to do this, is, it could be a VA or an OBM or a sales assistant, have them be very clear that it's them and not you. So you just want to, you want to have someone to monitor your DMs, especially if you do have chat funnels that are set up or content funnels that are set up that have people to have people inquiring in your DMs or sending you keywords. This is a really good thing to have because they can inquire. You don't have to actually show up and answer questions. You have someone there to show up and answer questions for you. And if they have a question that there's a question that they can't answer, they can just ask you and you tell them and now they have that answer for next time. That could be really helpful as well. Or if you have lower ticket offers or products, set up as many evergreen funnels that don't need sales conversations. Dial in some lower ticket course funnels. I'm actually going to be doing this. I'm going to be sharing. I have a whole, I'm going to be doing a whole video sharing like my scaling plan for 2024 and what I'm setting up in the funnels that I'm building. So I'm bringing in a couple of my lower ticket, my lower ticket product funnels and also leading to courses as well. When it comes to showing up for calls, now I find that the energy of showing up for sales calls is very different than showing up for coaching calls. And I found that showing up for weekly or biweekly coaching calls was not so hard within about a month or so of birth. However, marketing and content creation felt harder because of like that first trimester fog and then post-baby brain between those two. Those are the times that I found it harder to create marketing content. I just didn't have the energy to market and sell. It just wasn't, it just it was too hard for me. I really enjoyed doing the coaching calls. I actually started my first mastermind three months, um, not three months, sorry. I launched my first mastermind to my existing clients right before I had my daughter with a, um, an August, I think it was like a mid-August, a mid-August start date. So I started our mastermind calls around the middle of August. She was born July 10th. So she was about five, six weeks old and showing up once a week on my mastermind calls and hopping into Voxer to answer questions. That was easy for me, but that was me. So it may not be easy for you. And I know that I know what feels good for me. I know just now, like during the first, my first trimester and when we had this war happening here in Israel, which was still going on, people offered, Hey, if you want, I can take over your coaching calls, their clients. I was like, no, that's the last thing I'd want help with. Because I love showing up and doing coaching calls with my clients. I enjoy it so much. It makes me feel so connected to them. 
And I would really feel like I'm missing something if I wasn't showing up for the calls of my clients. Either batch content for at least the three months after baby, or even better, just grab some older content and repurpose or have a mixture of both. So I have so many Facebook lives that I've done. I did in my Facebook group over the years that would be such great podcast episodes. And I'm like, now I'm looking at them going, okay, do the, which one of these still apply? Which one of these would make sense? Which one of these have calls to action that I can update to current calls to action? So it just feels, it feels really good. This is a lot of stuff, okay? And you're going to want to maybe take some notes. I'm going to probably put, the, I'll put this at the beginning to take some notes. This is a lot of stuff. And again, I'll, I'll be talking about this a lot more in the next few months. But here's the cool thing about doing all this. Everything I'm discussing, here's the cool thing. As you're setting up your business to run this way, it is still going to be simpler to run and scale after you go back to work, even when your baby gets older, even when it starts going to daycare or school. I had my baby home with me from when she was born, July 2020, until July 2021, all right? So she was home for the first year of her life full-time with me. And 2021 was my biggest income year ever, and I worked less than ever, okay? I was working around two to four hours a day. I made almost 200K that year. It was my biggest year to date, and I worked less than I ever had before, okay? So it is very possible to make a lot of money even when you're not working as much as you were before, all right? So I hope this was helpful for you. I have a lot more to talk about, but there's just a few things to think about when you are considering either having a baby or you just found out you're having a baby and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? So this is just, these are just a few things to consider and just plan ahead for when you are thinking about what do I do? Okay. Like now that I'm pregnant, like every month counts, every week counts, every offer I put out counts. So don't put too much pressure on it, but these are a few things to consider when you are planning out your, your year and taking into account your pregnancy, your maternity leave and all that fun stuff. All right. Don't forget, again, the high ticket offer matrix. Uh, the link is in the description. If you are stuck on what kind of offer would make the most sense for you with your schedule or maybe with your audience size or with the amount of children that you have or whatever it is, the high ticket offer matrix is such a great resource. I have, oh my gosh, I have heard rave reviews about it. People are like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I've had my own coaches say, I would totally download that. That sounds amazing. This is, this feels like exactly like the kind of thing that I, like that would speak to me, and which is a huge compliment. So I, I really hope you download it and you fill out your worksheet and you know exactly what kind of offers make the most sense for you, whether you're having a baby or not, whether you're a mom or not. Either way, it's going to help you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you liked it. Let me know what takeaways you had from it. And I will see you next time. I can't thank you enough for listening to Raising Your Business. I hope this episode has inspired you to take another step towards building a business and life that you love and growing your income in a way that works for you and your family. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review and let's connect on Instagram. Screenshot and share it on Instagram stories so we can get the word out to more mom business owners like you. Tag me at the Yael Bendahan and share your biggest breakthrough from today. See you next week.